but welcome to another episode of Through the Web, where we talk all things business, tech, and internet. And I'm Dagogo. And I'm Tosif. And I'm Braylon. And today we're going to have a nice little episode after being away for a while, a few different things going on. So uh, I guess we'll start with you. What have you been up to? Actually, I'll throw it back to you. <laughs> I'll show it back, pass it back to Braden now that we've... Uh, we'll start with Braden, actually. What's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, not much. Not much this week. Um, just catching up on editing, really. Uh, it's been quiet on the podcast front, so I've just been <laughs> doing some background stuff. Covered a rally uh, last weekend, just filming some cars, a um, couple of photo shoots, a little bit of other work. Yeah, it's been, it's been busy. How long has it been since we were all... All three of us was in the same room... Uh, I mean, since the last podcast episode, would have been what month? Four or ma- five episodes still? Yeah, maybe a little longer. A little longer? Yeah, a little longer. Because you were away. Yeah, I was in Korea, South Korea. Um, <laughs> Clear for, distinction. Yeah, <laughs> for about a couple of weeks. Um, so I went on a quick 10 day tour around the country, uh, all the way from Seoul to the DMZ and then all the way down the coast and back again. It was good. Uh, nice little time there. I think Korea is an interesting country because it kind of is and isn't what I expected at the same time. So there's a lot of technology there in terms of, you know, you go to a subway station and you just can put your phone on the wall and it will wireless charge because wow. there's a little, little pillar thing there and you, you see screens everywhere and all that. But the actual infrastructure is quite old-ish. So it's a bit of a dichotomy there. Um, and interestingly, I found out that everything that you see in Seoul, every single building, every brick, was built after 1954 or something like that, or 1950, yeah, something like that, because it was all destroyed in the Korean War. They had to mm. rebuild everything. But, um, sorry, I got a bit of a stuffed nose if you can't tell. But, yeah, there was a lot of uh, interesting facts and things I learned there, especially just how big um, the Korean conglomerates or Chaebols are. Um, that's the family-run businesses that kind of owned Korea. So that's um, Hyundai and Samsung mainly. And basically Samsung does a lot more over there than they do in Western countries. Mm. So, for example, there's actually a Samsung car. Uh, it's a joint venture with Renault. So you see these cars driving around with this weird logo, but it's actually yeah, like a rebadged Renault, but Samsung actually manufactures it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see... Uh, the Hyundai chime everywhere, like Hyundai builds the lifts to like hear the chime of the Hyundai, like a uh, little jingle <laughs> everywhere. It's just part of the lift sound. Um, there's also uh, Samsung makes food, does like life insurance. Uh, it, 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 they own like, yeah, 40% of the economy basically. Really? And it's just the fam- the powerful families that run Samsung, they all have these subsidiaries, but they're all like intermarried. So it's the same kind of family that runs all of these major companies, like even all the way down to um, like movie production and entertainment and all this kind of stuff. So it's just kind of crazy that this is going on. But because they're doing so well for the Korean economy, like people kind of complain, like the older generation is like, oh, it's fine. But the younger generation kind of thinks, oh, like how do these guys get a free ride, et cetera. Um, Even when there's corruption, they hardly ever go to jail. But the flip side is they're doing so well for the Korean economy that people kind of accept it Mm. so it's this it's this very unique situation that's going on um in terms of the corporate uh control and structure in in korea so found that interesting uh other than that a lot of good food (laughs) uh hiked up some mountains and did some nature stuff so it was uh yeah it was a good time it it sounds like um (coughs) like a pretty capitalist 
society. Oh, 100%. And very democratic um, and free speech. So every single, not every day, but every couple of days, you would, if you're in Seoul anyway, or at least every weekend, you'll hear um, these protests going on and people like chanting and like, you know, but it's like literally anti-government protests, the people that are against the government that's in power at the moment. And um, yeah, it's just kind of normal and it's all peaceful and people are kind of like singing. And so one of our people that I saw that actually went to one of these and sat down and was, she was clapping along and like, oh, this is great. But she thought it was like a festival. <laughs> she didn't know it was a protest. <laughs> so yeah, that that's, gives you an idea of how different it is. Um, so yeah, like it's, it is very democratic um, and very capitalist nation. Uh, apparently like people work way too hard there and it, it's just uh, a kind of a cutthroat environment, like appearances matter because every every single thing counts in order to put yourself up on the on the rang on the rung of uh, of business. But also, uh, in terms of appearances mattering, everyone there leases their cars, so there's not you would not see a car that's more than two years old because people don't buy it because they want to appear like you know with more wow. status. So that's kind of the the length it goes to. And another thing is like ten percent of all men wear makeup just to look a little better for, yeah. to get that cut in business. So, um, yeah, very interesting culture, I think, yeah. Um, so so what, what does, like, the two-year car lease thing look like? Like, is, is there something like that? Because you're into cars, Brian. Is there something like that in in Perth, like, where people are? I think you can lease cars, but not, I don't, I'm not too sure. I haven't done anything like that before. I think you, you can lease, there are car leasing terms, but... Um, a lot of the time it goes through like businesses and stuff like that. So a lot of businesses will lease a car for a period of time. I think it's, yeah, I think it's normally like a couple of years and then they can like, um, like upgrade from there or switch to another car from there. There's, there's, yeah, it's, it's, I've only really seen it in business. Uh, I think for like company cars that are for specific levels of employees and things like that, I'm pretty sure that's how they do it. Uh, but you don't often see it on a personal level here. Because um, another thing is um, that I've heard, like, poverty is quite, quite high in, in Seoul. Like, um, there's something, I've, I mean, when I say high, I mean, at least it's significant in, in mm. terms of its presence. Um, As in homelessness, etc. is that what you're talking uh, about? But generally the inequality and the people in the, in the lower class are, are actually um, struggling to get by. Yeah, so there, there is a bit of a division. So the richer people do live in, you know, the apartment blocks and all of that. And then there's these older houses from the 70s that are in the hills. And that's where the lower income people live. But I didn't really get to see see that in person. I kind of did and didn't from a distance. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure about that particularly because I do know rents are extremely high mm. and to buy an apartment is like two million US dollars. I think dollars. that's like a situation that's... that's but extremely, like two million US yeah, dollars course, for yeah, like yeah. a two bedroom yeah, apartment. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like people do do struggle to, to live somewhere, but in terms of day-to-day poverty, um, I'm not sure. I didn't see any homelessness or anything like that or anyone that looked yeah, poor. Yeah, because so. certain parts probably has it in certain parts. Yeah. Don't. I mean, if you look at the the films that are coming out from South Korea with um, Parasite and yeah. even Squid Games, like it's yeah. it's all rooted in that inequality, right? Like, um, have you seen Parasite? Yeah. Um, so you remember, like, you know, how you've seen it as well. I haven't. You I haven't? I haven't. Ah, I think you'll like it now. You'll probably appreciate it a lot more now. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you remember how yeah. inequality, like, you know, um, equal. Yeah, everything was in terms of the families represented and, and whatnot. I thought that, that was very, uh, like, I thought that was the main commentary of the film. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, very much about the division, that the super low and the super high end. Yeah, and even Squid Games, if you look at, yeah, of course, it's based around the fact that you know people are struggling for money, and that's where some of it was shown. I haven't been paying much attention to the films, other films that are coming out of it, other than the very top layer. But I know people who are really into South Korean arts and and whatnot, and they also say there's like it's a, a thing. It's, a, it's there's a thread of that around mm. there. So yeah, it's probably an undercurrent thing, but mm. not visible from the surface, from what I can see. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so, okay, so the two episodes while we were away. Thoughts on um, the interview with uh, Kai Wei from Lifehone? Um, I thought that was, that was an interesting interview to start with. First of all, because we had to do it twice. <laughs> One, maybe, when was that? Early this year? Or something what, like was that? It? Or, or late last yeah, year, something I like think that. It was last year. Um, Basically, we reached out to Kai because we stumbled upon the, the Light Phone company. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I think definitely um, check the, you know, the conversation out. I thought it's a very interesting company, and Kai is a very interesting person. Um, it, it's just like I wouldn't, I, wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have expected him to be um, the CEO of a company the way he talks and thinks in a lot of ways because he's very rooted into the, the ethos of what, what built the company and generally those ethos, you know, with being the way you think organically, not thinking about growth as, as hardcore as, as other CEOs is not something you'd expect of, of someone who is a CEO or, or yeah, who isn't a CEO. So that was quite a, of an interesting um, balance. I thought, what do, you, what do you guys think? Yeah, quite similar. Um, <clears throat> he didn't, yeah, it didn't strike me as a typical CEO. He was more of a, like a, a Zen philosopher yes. in, in terms of what he was saying. Uh, and you, you could tell that he really, yeah, cared about that um, aspect of kind of taking your life back from the, your smartphone. Um, though, yeah, so like it, it seems like a bit of a question mark on um, like how far that would take them mm-hmm. going forward because obviously there's going to be increased competition and they're really taking this approach of, yes, we're going to price it high, but we're going to make sure we use like good quality materials and all of this. But um, yeah, it really remains to be seen. But ov- overall, he was yeah, definitely an interesting character. What, what did you think, Brendan? Yeah, same kind of thing. Like You can kind of see where his influences kind of come from, that yeah. very chill and zen and laid back <laughs> kind of vibe. But um, yeah, an interesting interview. Have, have you looked into the light phone side of things? No, not really. I mean, I've seen a little <laughs> bit of not a hype but commentary on the whole kind of getting rid of your smartphone thing and i think there's there's a lot to be had there i think it's just how much can you go without a smartphone when everything nowadays is so connected digitally yeah yeah Yeah, i I think i'm gonna give it a try maybe for like maybe not a week weeks too long maybe like a weekend or something like that just to see how how it feels because uh, I you think st- there's value. You still have it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I think there's still value. Like, I haven't opened the, the thing or anything, but um, there's still a lot of value in kind of going off the grid um, and and trying to, I guess, see what life was like before all the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the crazy smart yeah. and, you, and, and and of course, I mean the questions that come up, like why can't you just use like an old phone or whatnot? And we discuss all of that in the mm. interview. So if you haven't um, heard it or seen it, do do check it out on our on channel. But um, I think what also was uh, very interesting was how difficult it is to build um, a company in this day and age that's pretty much against the the whole flow of what it means to be a tech company and, yeah, and, and no how da- to sustain mining, that. Like, yeah, yeah, because essentially they're saying, yeah, you buy this phone to not use the phone kind of thing. Yeah, to, yes, yeah. And, and, and 
Um, yeah, I think obviously there there is a market for it because they're afloat, they're doing well, and mm. and I think there's more demand that's 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 um, increasing over the years. So. Yeah, I just randomly remembered how he thought it was offensive to give the phone to children as a punishment. <laughs> it's like a yeah. product shouldn't be a punishment. Because that's what, uh, because last year when we were researching him, I think they got into a contract with a school or a co- or school basically bought X amount of phones to give it to their um, school children. So um, I think a lot of the children at that time felt like it was a punishment. It makes mm-hmm. sense, right? Like if you're on TikTok and playing Candy Crush, I don't know what kids do these days, but if you're doing that kind of stuff, um, 24-7 and you also use it in school you know to text friends and what and all of a sudden it's gone and it's replaced with essentially you know uh, quote unquote a brick with no smartphone technologies mm. a lot of teenagers might feel like they're trapped right? yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I, I totally get that but I also understand why he said that because you don't want it to feel like a punishment um, to have that relationship with the technology yeah and I think that was that was very cool mm. yeah what about uh Carl Pei, what do you no, ask? I'll let Brayden start this one. A little bit different to what I was expecting, but like super to the point, like very super well spoken. Um, I feel like we got our information across like a lot. He, he gave us a lot like throughout that interview. It was, it was an easy one to edit, an easy one to work with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love how Brayden's like, yeah, it was easy to easy edit. To edit. <laughs> that was a good thing. That's the main thing. It's really easy to edit. And, and, that, that's, and I think there's actually something to it because when you're editing it, editing something, you actually can tell a lot about the, t- the topic or the way a person acts. Um, I think a lot of their behaviors kind of come up as well, the way they they say sentences or they, they construct words. So I think I think that's actually an interesting yeah. point there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I loved Carl's interview. It was um, got a lot of insight into the way that he that he thinks about technology. And it's actually, yeah, it was different and I heard some fresh things that I haven't heard before. So definitely watch that one if you haven't. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's got the right idea. Um, mainly about, you know, taking the community and really receiving feedback from them and having that close tie is just something that's just completely missing from all tech companies. So, you know, on the one hand, it's like maybe a bit of a double-edged sword because the people that are really enthusiastic are only going to be like tech people and there's a broader market out there. But on the other hand, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to tie it down. Like you could just be a good phone that's unique and gets all these suggestions from the tech enthusiasts and other people end up enjoying it. So it's neither here nor there. But um, I'm excited to see what they do in the future. He said that there are some other nothing products, products planned. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see, see what they come up with. But yeah, overall, definitely uh, a nice person to talk to. Yeah, I thought um, I thought the same. I think Carl's approach to... Uh, the company um, and how he uses philosophy is so clear in the way he thinks and speaks. Um, and I think it shows uh, within the brand and the company in a lot of ways. I think what I find interesting is if um, Kaiwei is on the on the left spectrum of somebody who's fully Zen, and you get like the psychopath CEOs on the extreme right. Carl's somewhere in the, in the middle, middle yeah, uh, in so. terms of like I guess personality. If there's a chart of CEOs, you know, <laughs> and I think there should be because it'll be an interesting study. Um, actually, have you seen? Have you guys seen the 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 financial? Like I think it was the Garnet Group or something, the, the property. I think it's based in over east. Have the, the, the psychopath CEO who basically says unemployment should go up because people are being lazy. Employment has to jump 50 percent in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, 
not the other way around. I mean, there is a, there's been a systematic change where employees feel the employer is extremely lucky to have them um, as opposed to the other way around. Trademark kind of uh, typical psychopath CEO behavior. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, but neither of these guys like that. No, 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 no. But that was, that was kind of like, you know, when we spoke about how CEOs need, like some CEOs need like a little bit of uh, sociopath energy. Yeah. Um, this, that guy specifically yeah. was on the on the far right. But speaking of Carl, obviously he's nowhere near yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But he would definitely be um, one of those CEOs who knows how to get things done, but also be very much in, in touch with with the reality and, and what's happening yeah, around the company. And, you know, how he was also um, a big fan of that anonymous feedback within mm. the company. I think that's that's very healthy because, you know, a lot of CEOs would be like, this is the right way. Not even consider that. Yeah. Just like if people complain, it's like they're just not seeing the vision. But he really, you know, all, all feedback is good. So. Yeah, I think um, f- also it's another, another thing that, that struck me in that interview is how he said that he also understood where the trolls or the negative comments and yada yada um, came from. And one thing he mentioned was quite interesting where uh, you only comment negatively if you care about a product mm-hmm. uh, or if you care about something. And and uh, while I think that it's mostly true um, or like some of it is not true, uh, he is quite correct in saying that generally a lot of the people who do comment about something not being right or better is because they do have some level of care about what they think of mm-hmm. either you know the individual or the product they're looking at or even you know, I don't know videos on cold fish <laughs> that's not going there <laughs> <laughs> and this and, is and like maybe five or ten percent who are like absolute trolls i think that that that's like dna <laughs> is warped there's nothing you can do about them that's gone but then the rest 80 percent, i think uh, there is some level of care that comes from within where they want things to be the way they were so yeah yeah i understand that so yeah hopefully more more people like him we get to i'll um about. i'll put you on the spot last year when we talked about nothing yes uh, you weren't <laughs> sure where the company was going has uh-huh. that changed a little bit over the last year and a half since um, honestly, not that much. Okay. Like, I love the idea and the concept, but that's me as a tech person. Yeah. If um, Joe blogs on the street and I see the phone with flashing lights, it mm. does, doesn't really mean that much to me. Um, but, you know, if they can keep doing this, doing some stuff, they said they had some hardware plans in the mm. future. So more things to differentiate themselves, then I believe that then I'll think differently. But... At the moment, the main difference is in software. Um, yes, it looks cool in the mm. design front, but if we're really going down to it, all smartphones are rectangular mm. blocks. Um, so, I think that hardware, um, you know, hardware different differentiation has to come online, and then I'll be able to to probably change. I think it's um, again a testament to how tough it is to sustain in a tech industry right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because. Uh, just the idea of trying to go up against all these behemoths in the tech industry and coming up with a phone that's totally unique, it's it, the, the point of differentiations have to be very, very solid. And that's what I liked about talking to both of the CEOs who are doing very interesting things in their own kind of spaces. Um, so I think there is that differentiation to an extent, but um, to beat Apple or Google or Samsung at their own game, it, it's almost like a... But the thing is, like, are, are they are they aiming for that? Because I don't think they are. Be, but yeah, because you could you could just be a big phone manufacturer, yeah. but not necessarily beating Apple or Samsung. You could just be that other option, you know. And it seems like it's working for them. They still have you know a, a good faithful community, as we spoke about. But very interesting interview. Uh, I thought Carl's 
an amazing dude. Yeah, um, so that, that's kind of why I have a bit of faith in, okay, yes. hey, so like, you know, he, he's got a good head on his shoulders, something's going to Absolutely, absolutely. Um, while you, we were also away, um, Twitter became <laughs> extinct in some ways. It became X. Isn't it wild? Like... <laughs> I just, I'd love to get a super cut of all of our, like, maybe 10 second snippets from each podcast. <laughs> That's behemoth task yeah. for him. Like, what, going back to, when did we start this podcast? Like, oh. February last year? March last year? And I think there was this point before, oh, fr- huh? before he, he, like, Elon Musk bought yeah. the company. There's this point of, like, four or five months where he had where we had him mentioned every episode. Yeah. Like, something's happening, yeah, something's yeah. happening. And then, yeah, I was just about to say that. Like, yeah, Elon, Elon's just... <laughs> but, yeah, that's all carved down now. So now now Twitter is now X. And I just... I don't know. Like, what do you think of the name? What do you think of the logo? I, I think some differentiation needed to happen in the sense that... Um, like, like, I understand where, where he, he came from. So, for example, if you were to take over a company and that you wanted people to think that... Um, or, or you wanted people to not compare or keep comparing you to the past. I think this change was important because now they, it's not a reference anymore to how Twitter was before and Twitter was past. Now it's like a whole new thing versus a whole new or, or a whole previous thing, right? So for Twitter to become X, I think helps them in some ways in creating that brand. But then the brand recognition of Twitter was so strong. I think people will still kind of compare how Twitter was better. Twitter. But when you go on Twitter, everything feels still the same in terms of the way you interact or like the, the UX and UI. Or mostly, it still has similar kind of connotations. I, I, well, there's one thing that's different. The community notes. They're on fire at the moment. Oh, apparently they got... Um, there was like a link that's sent to a porn article. Did you see that? What? No. No? So what, what, I, don't know what I, I, I can't remember the, the, the topic... Um, Oh man, um, do you want do you want just just quickly checking it up? I think it was it was it was between the Logan Paul fight thing or whatever you know, like the the boxing thing, and there were like a community notes about because because you know how they usually have these one v one before fights, like each person this the other and whatnot, and there were com- community notes about that, um, and when you clicked on it, it went to like a porn article or something. So um, it, or, like, the, the, or like a porn video or something. So the like community that. notes was like normal in nature. Yeah, but then, then when you clicked on it, it would end up going to like a porn video. Um, Brent's going to quickly check up while we, while we talk. But but yeah, that's what I thought was... Um, but were okay. you saying that that was like... No, no, you no. You not heard of this? No, I hadn't heard of this. Oh. But I, I was saying it was a good thing. Oh. Because, <laughs> because even on Twitter ads, so like so, there's a company that yes, they've made a I product. Yeah. And then like so many times it's like, this is a drop shipping product. It costs like four ninety nine. Yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Don't pay $47 for it here. And it's like, this is it. That's I, so good. I, I loved that thing as well. And something that came for me was... Um, came on my feed was how there was like this... Um, uh, it's, it's app that said something was free, but then when you click on it, it's actually not free. Right. It's, and the community note was explaining that. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's correct. But I think Brayden has some updates on on that front. Yeah. So there was a yeah the the um, the notes the community notes fact checking thing linked automatically linked to a porn site. But what like what's the context? Like why it was a post trying to. Talking about the um, Nina Agdell and Logan Paul situation. Um, so did it have to do with Logan Paul's girlfriend? Or yeah, yeah. So you know he's been the other guy's been talking yeah. a bunch of trash yeah. about her. Yeah. yeah, for some like 
whatever the so so is it uh, so so i guess our, our Google's question is that is is it legitimately linked to it or was it more like um it was a troll yeah like a rickroll but yeah uh, but but, but x-rated <laughs> <Yeah>. x-rated <laughs> um but i guess yeah that's 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 it i don't know i i, I don't know about that but i think Maybe ninety nine percent of the time, yeah, it's, it's I, very I, I, I'd agree. I think that's and, definitely and, and that, that's a, like a better. Thing. Literally, I, I feel it's so powerful because it's the only social media platform that actively does it so often mm-hmm. and for so many different things. Because uh, you know, we, probably like a year ago, we talked about social media and how do you fight misinformation, etc. And we're like, it's impossible. You can't do anything. But I think this is the start. Something like this is a good idea. Um, it like. Obviously, I don't know about that situation, but like, say, say it is factual. Like, ninety-nine percent of the time, that's so much better than just letting things. Blow but the up. problem is, I think the things where the community notes are mostly shown are things that are generally not that important, important in the grand scheme of things. So, for example, if there's like political updates, if there's COVID updates, like that's where things like that but, were. But the thing was. is, but the thing is, we haven't had anything like that. I don't think. Like for example, I think there was I mean, one where where there was like an explosion somewhere, and then they they stated that it was like from a few years ago and not for what this person was saying. There's been things like that. Um, I mean, that's something that a lot of other companies, like for example, even if you click the link on on Guardian, sometimes you look at the date, but it 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 um it specifically it says, shows like from 13 years ago. Yeah, or yeah. This like article yeah. written, but that doesn't tell you anything it just says it's old but this is like information i i, I don't know i'm gonna st- stick my stake here and say this is a really good thing no i think it's definitely it goes going in the um sorry Brent, do you have an update so it, it's kind of i guess it's a very specific case so because all the conversation was around you know how the guy's basically been threatening to say he's like i've got a video here that if anyone else saw it would destroy everything like it was specifically about her and then something leaked and it was them debunking that it's not actually her in that okay, video. So, so it's actually relevant. So it's not. Oh, so okay. the post itself was literally some guy saying that he's seen the video and it's worse than you can imagine. And then the community notes literally just linked to the porn video. <laughs> right. So, well, I guess, so that's. Look, so I think, yeah, I think that's, that's still correct. That's still correct. As long as it's correct, I think that's fine. But as, I, I think for most, for the most part, I agree. Community notes has been, has been very good. Um, but still yet to see for the very important things because discourse still happens mm-hmm. for the topics that I mentioned, right? Whether it's, it's politics, whether it's um, health advice or whatnot. Um, and it's hard to see a clear distinction as to what's a, what's a proper uh, information versus what's, what's not. But other than that, um, X also became like a app that starts paying creators. There's been some interesting updates on that end as well. Um, that has had some rocky start. I think some creators got like a very high amount, some didn't. Apparently, you need to be in some sort of good standing with the X uh, side of things, and you need to have that X factor to get, <laughs> get the get more money. But other than that, also, there's um, some delays in payment. So obviously, it's good. It's almost like it's a good extra income source rather than your main kind of source, unless you're making like, like well, great amount of money kind of thing so that was also i thought it was an interesting update since we're away um what about using it like have you had any i think it's it's been fine there hasn't been anything that's made me dislike the, viol- it. the violence of stuff has, has yeah decreased a no lot. more violent stuff which has been good i'm getting a lot of racist stuff though like random racist people okay <laughs> like yeah anyway um but 
I've also noticed there's now like a, a video carousel thing. So like TikTok. So if you click on a video, now if you swipe up, it's going to be related videos. So it like goes into like a video player. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that I thought that was cool. Very seamless. You know, it's not... If it, you don't want to use it, you don't yeah. have to kind of deal. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and another, another thing that we're forgetting about that's left the global consciousness is threads. No, it's Ca- actually, yeah. Uh, okay. It just kind of <laughs> came in and went. So I, I do admit I was too quick to jump on that video topic but um yeah when we spoke about uh, about threads in our podcast episode we did say that for threads to sustain it needed three or four key things so far it has done none of those things and that's why they're struggling yeah Uh, again i think you guys can go back and, and listen to that episode um i still think threads can make a comeback if they change some of those things up yeah i think the integration to um to Instagram, Instagram and a lot of the things they're slowly bringing it in. So you've got the the web app that they launched, um, and then now like they sh- the threads show up on within Instagram as mm-hmm. well. If you use, uh, it does seem like there's still a good base of users there. Yeah. Um, just that it hasn't been able to replace, and and it's it's tough to do that obviously on an app that's yeah. been going on for ten I, plus I, years. I think like if they had like a weekly schedule of stuff they would add right at the you know, when everyone was downloading it, I think it could have been a different story. Yeah. And they kind of sat on it for... I think they just really wanted to catch that hype of, of Elon. And at, at that at that time, it was one of two decisions, like right on that hype when everyone was, was having a go at Elon. I can't even remember what the reason was. Mm. Uh, but there was something to do with Elon Musk and Twitter when threads... What, you know, launch it that specific week without being totally complete. Yeah, that's right. There was. Didn't they put the limit on how much? You that's could right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That was the limit. Yeah. The, the 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 rate limit fiasco, um, and that's when. Uh, see, that's why you need the third co-host. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the uh, rate limit stuff, and that's where uh, Ted wanted to jump in. But I think the other option was okay. We wait and we just launch as is and. In hindsight, it seems like perhaps they should have waited a little bit longer mm. to fix all the things that was missing in Twitter and then go go all in. Yeah. So, so apparently they lost they lost over half of their hundred million users in the first ten days. That's still significantly bad. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, I would say because it's like if you ten like days an app having. A, if you look at churn, yes, but then if you look at active users, like if I don't, I don't have the data on the active well, users. Like, what if it's like a hundred thousand? I don't think it'll be that bad. But you know what I mean? Like, half a million in ten days is a signal of, yeah, quite. No, but then, but the thing is, it's it's like so. Like, I'm, I'm saying like twenty days, thirty days, forty days. Like that number's kind of going to go like that. You know? I think that the, the predictor for them, like it would have been a different model, right? Because again, they're catching on, on the hype and then the hype cycle leaves, it only leaves uh, the the core users in there. So they probably would have a drawing board that said, okay, even after people leaves, are we satisfied with 5 million users at the end of six months? Or are we satisfied with 2 million? And if they're hitting those internal numbers, mm. I think they're happy. Uh, but I think the potential of the leaving behind on the table is what what's been seen by everyone versus internally i think they would have been like okay here's a conservative number we're happy even if we hit 500,000 i'm just making these numbers up mm. um but it would be interesting to see what are the the current active live users um day on day and month on month since the since the launch but yeah yeah sorry it's just um the reason i think it's quite dismal is because 
on any other social media platform, I haven't heard a reference to threads at all. Like not even in passing. So yeah. it's it seems I think it does still seem like an extension of Instagram. Um, mm. You know how they tried launching IGTV, which was painfully bad. Mm. Um, they had like a separate app and everything, and the integration was terrible. It made no sense. Um, I, <coughs> it, I think somewhere it's sitting somewhere between becoming the second IGTV, where they have to kill the entire thing, versus something that's more of a permanent addition um, down the line. But again, for them to be even be taken seriously and getting more acquisitions outside of meta users, they have to play those cards um, that we mentioned in the episode, those you know four things or five things about being the, the first place for journalism, making sure that there's, um, there's, there's enough of, of a, of a uh, reason for people to share information there. But have you gone in there recently at all? No, I mean, I haven't used it much. So I don't really know if they've caught up with all the things they just were missing. Because that seems to be the biggest thing that I'm reading here is that everyone obviously jumped over, jumped over because they were sick of what Twitter was doing. But then this seemed to just be missing half the functions that people commonly use. You know, like there was no search functionality. There was no, there wasn't a chronological feed. There was no trending hashtags. There was no messaging. And so everyone probably jumped across for the hype and then realize half the stuff they use Twitter for isn't there. Here's the thing. If we were to categorize the types of users in this context, um, you have the hardcore Twitter users. And ultimately, I think it's the hardcore Twitter users that use Twitter anyway these days. Mm -hmm. Um, They would perhaps never make the jump. And even if they did, they wouldn't stick for long, even if it was the exact same thing, because there's this loyalty to a certain app, right? It's very difficult to change people's habits. Um, So ultimately, Meta's bet was hanging on to existing meta users um, who would understand uh, what it means to tweet or at least uh, wish to tweet but never made the jump to Twitter. Uh, It's just that they haven't been able to make that change behavior um, a permanent or at least a a, a longer thing. Because I am a, I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore Twitter user, but I'm a lurker. I go in there almost every day. I spend maybe 30 minutes or so just to check out what's happening. Um, I'm more of the mid to casual kind of user who would have made that jump if there was enough. So people like me and other users on Meta would have been the target audience, not the hardcore Twitter users. So all the complaints that I hear, it's mostly from people who wouldn't make the jump anyway, but I also see that the potential they're living on the table is, is still very high. But I still kind of do agree with Braden a little bit. Like some of those features that are missing from Twitter. Yes, is what like makes Twitter. A lot of people that don't use Twitter at all would like those. Yeah. I think that that's something that should be said. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd like to know what Zuckerberg was doing if he was training for his MMA fight and didn't. <laughs> what that? Like, so, so that's gone. That, I that's think it table. just fizzled out. I think. Yeah, because um, Zuckerberg came out with a statement, I think, about a couple of weeks ago saying that yeah. Elon's not, not serious. And yeah. It never felt like he was serious at the start. But then I saw clips of him wrestling. Lex Friedman, I was like, okay, something's happening. Um, and then there were talks about like, you know, venues and, yeah. uh, you know. I, I don't know. It's like pay-per-view stuff. So it's just typical. We need a word for it, like muskism. Like he, he, he says something, but there's no, sometimes there's no yeah. real drive to actually do it. So. And I think he, him and, we might get political a little bit, but him and Trump are, are, are similar in some ways where I think you, if you have enough controversies, the level, of, and even Logan Paul in some ways, like if you have enough controversies, there's an, one that's big enough to latch onto and therefore you get away with everything. Hmm. So, so if Elon Musk is continuously saying 100 things, doing 50 and not doing 50, 
you don't really care if the other 50 is not being done because the rest of the 50 is being done. But if it was just he's saying five things and those like key components and then he's not doing two and then he's doing three, then it becomes more. But then if there's too much for the right, brain to even right. handle, because we can't even remember, if you were to tell, tell me like what were the significant Elon controversies with Twitter over the last, or with, with X or with SpaceX, with Tesla, there's so much to mm-hmm. cover. But then there's also so many things that he has done. Mm-hmm. Right, so your brain just goes on overdrive trying to make a rationale of what's happening, and I think it's the same thing with Trump, Logan Paul, all these like right. big eccentric characters. But I, I at guess, the top. I guess though, like it, it depends on who you are. But the more things that he doesn't do, no matter how many things he does, like the brain can just say, oh, "Liar!" Like it's just he. he and I think that's more reflective on the individual and mm. their biases to an extent. Mm. Uh, but objectively, laying it all out, like okay, if I was given an assignment. Um, to to do like an essay on how many things that Elon has said that's controversial, how many things Elon has promised and delivered, and it would, you know, like the same amount of work that Baron has to do if you were to supercut our <laughs> our talks about Elon since we started the podcast. Yeah, so. that, that's true. Um, all right, moving on. Maybe we should uh, talk about a certain fruit company that's released a, a product. Are we talking about, uh, is BlackBerry making a comeback? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except they, they've changed the name to Apple. <laughs> BlackBerry movie's coming out. Have you seen that? Huh? There's a movie about oh, BlackBerry. Oh, yeah. I heard about that, rumblings of it like a year ago. So okay. it's finally coming out. Okay. I saw a trailer of it like, um, on a passing YouTube ad mm-hmm. just for like a 10 second. Everything looks the same these days mm-hmm. with... Um, movies and trailers that's why things like Oppenheimer and Barbie and stuff I think stuck out but it was just it looked like just another I don't know man like do things excite you guys anymore before jumping into the Apple stuff I don't know just throw it out there like when you see a new piece of music movie or any pieces of art or content Mm -hmm. like there's also this talk about um, I was listening on Colin Samir where they're saying how they don't get impressed with YouTube videos anymore because every it's the categories of YouTube videos that used to be very novel in the past is so replicable these days. Mm. It loses the the charm. So nothing kind of sticks out as wow, mm. like that, that's crazy. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, well, for music, uh, I know that I, in my suggested, I haven't listened to it yet, but Sugar Ross released something. Um, which was like, wow, like they've been away for a while and I haven't, but anyway, um, but in terms of like YouTube videos and stuff like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to wade through, but every now and again, there's something that pops up where it's like, makes you think and it's like, that's, that was really cool. Like the way that they did that was, uh, was quite cool. I actually saw, um, a short that I thought was, was quite funny. That's Um, a first. I know, right? Oh, wow. But, but, But this, this guy, he, um, he bought himself a roundabout. In the UK, yes. So he he figured out that you could buy roundabouts and he bought the cheapest one, put his plaque on it but spelt his name wrong and then to cut the ribbon, he got the grandson of the inventor of the roundabout <laughs> to help him do that. And I was like, that's just cool. Like, is, is, that, just, is that Nico? It sounds like Nico. It, is he like a lanky dude who sometimes wears glasses, blonde hair? Um, oh, no. Nico's the... I think, um, yeah, Nico's different, um, different kind of creator, but he does like pranks. And, oh, no. But he's no, very no. big on big on um, UK. Uh, UK. No, this this guy. You would have seen some of his Nico stuff. He went to the US in the most racist city. Yes, yes, that, yes. That's yes, Nico, yes, yes. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, but I just thought that was cool because it was like 
just a novel concept. You know, I didn't know you could buy a roundabout. Right. The grand, grandson of the inventor of the roundabout is still alive and he's willing to do this. It's just interesting. And it, like, I remembered it because it was just like, oh, that's right. just uh, Mr. Beast has been doing some interesting stuff with his shorts as well, where he okay. sends people abroad. I don't know if you've seen any of them. No, I don't think I have. Basically, he'll just get some people like on the street and like, hey, do you want to go to France to get me a couple of baguettes? And he'll ask like random people, like, everything will be paid, but you have to get it bring it back like within the next two days kind of thing and uh, obviously most people say no I've got this and that but one person <laughs> will obviously be like I don't have nothing going on in my life right now and they take the flight goes to France gets the baguette and brings back to Mr. Wow. So and and that's kind of cool. cool so he, he's reinvented some of that stuff even on the short path yeah. so that's, that's, yeah. that's why but the thing is this. like you think about it and that would be what like maybe a $4,000 video and yeah but and, and I think that's why the question was raised like if you have enough money, you can kind of do any of these things. So yeah. again, nothing is really, really novel in and of itself uh-huh. uh, in terms of what's exciting. And I don't know if it's us getting older and I've well, seen no, a lot of stuff already. I, I think I think if you're going for excitement and spectacle, there's only a, so far you can go before yeah. it kind of like gets too much. But if you're just talking about innovation and uniqueness, there's a lot of different ways to oh, do yeah, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I noticed that there is a sea of stuff, but... I guess to my original thought, there is plenty of good stuff that's still around, but maybe it's getting a little harder to find. Yeah, and also I think with um, things being so available, even on a, like a personal creator kind of level, right? Um, and it's something we've covered extensively on our AI episodes where we covered um, those things. But if everybody is able to do everything at a very high level, everything starts looking the same, everything starts looking premium, quality, polished. So it's very hard for something to kind of rise up to that C because every, everyone's kind of leveling up altogether in terms of quality, uh, at least visually and technically, right? So I think the, the things that will pop out ultimately is like good stories and, and whatnot. So mm. um, Apple. I don't know how we got to that, but yeah. So very long thread. <laughs> thread, yeah. Um, Brian, did you see Apple event? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah there's a few things. I mean, all the big stuff's about the phone, um, but they also spoke about the new watch. Um, and switching to USB-C, even though they didn't really come up with... Normally, Apple, you know, normally when they do something, they kind of press to do, they spin it in a way that makes sense for them. They just didn't this time. They're just like, yeah, it's USB-C. The it. truth is, it's just EU. Yeah, it has but to like, be why EU. didn't they... Like, they didn't implement fast charging, which could have been a cool way of doing it. Or they didn't... Um, Cause isn't, it, isn't it only for the Pro models that get the... That get the fast charging? Yeah, because yeah. that... that I don't know. Did you watch the MKBHD? Because he, even he said that like you, they get USB three speeds. Yeah. And it, there's but it's a the suggestion. Stuff, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, but not like no fast charging. They still reckon it's twenty or thirty watt or whatever Apple normally is. Right. Oh, okay. So maybe sorry, I'm, I'm mistaking. I think that was for da- data transfer. Like right. they they have faster data transfer chip on on chip. Um, yeah. So for me, the event was a bit of a disappointment. Okay. Um, mainly because, you know, Apple had bought all of TSMC's three nanometer production capacity. So I was expecting this chip to be like some crazy, like the, the um, uh, A17 Pro, that the, the system on the chip. I expected that to be amazing, mm. but 10% faster. It's like, <laughs> we've, had, we've had years where it's like been 20, 30, 40% faster year mm. on year for a smartphone chip. So this, for a new, whole new die process was, was quite disappointing, but I'm sure we get some efficiency, et cetera. But um, aside from that, the design was quite similar. Um, I guess the smaller bezels and rounded corners do look nice. The, lent, the, the, smartphone, the cameras were kind of 
okay, like five times Zoom is like, uh, like my my um, Samsung Galaxy Note actually came in handy quite a few times on the trip because okay. like to zoom into something quite far away and to even just read like an airport sign that was too lazy to get up and look and it actually is clearer than your eyes, right? So it's, it's not just like some gimmick, it actually is okay. useful. But then to come from like, yeah, 20 times zoom to five is like, I don't know, maybe it looks amazing on the iPhone, but it, it just seems a bit limited. Um, but I think that the prism idea that they did on the Pro is like when the light comes, because like usually if you have a telescope lens or telescopic lens, uh, usually it's mounted sideways like the, the mirrors, but they've done it in such a way where the light bounces like in a zigzag pattern. So it still has more distance, but it's compact. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, overall, like there wasn't really anything that was like, wow, that's like, that's so cool. Like, or um, I don't know, like even from the previous three years, it's kind of just been the same more or less. Phone-wise, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, sorry, I, I did think the, the ray tracing thing... Yeah, I was going to mention... W- ...was, was kind of cool. Um, and maybe we'll start to see, I, like, this kind of uniform development cycle on um, Apple Silicon. So maybe developers will start making stuff for the iPhone, but it also runs on the Mac, and then we'll have this vibrant gaming mm. community with real, like, ray tracing-capable games. Uh, that, that could be cool. Um, could open up a whole new world for Mac gaming, but... Still too early to sell, but that was that was basically it for me. Yeah, I didn't catch the event, uh, so uh, I actually don't have much much thoughts on it. But it seems like they didn't talk much about the the headset side of things either. In terms never of mentioned, things. yeah. Never. So the, I think it wasn't about it either. Was it no, no. Air? Yeah. So so um, one thing that they did do was for the Apple Watch, they have this new new like it's it's not really, but this gesture where you just tap your fingers together like this. And then it selects the main action on the screen. So it could start a timer. It could, oh. you know, yeah, it could do a few things. But the thing is that just is the same for the the, uh, the headset. So it seems right. like they're unifying something on, yes. that, on that front, which is but, interesting. But, but that's a cool, cool feature because sometimes I do feel like if there was a way to not kind of... But, but the thing is apparently on older uh, Apple Watches, that could... That, uh, that ability was there under accessibility settings. Mm-hmm. So it uses a different technology and maybe not quite as accurate, but it still did exist. And then for some reason, Apple isn't going to take this new gesture and put it back to the old ones with the software update. So right. it's kind of like, yeah. but anyway, but it is, I think it is pretty cool. Um, and apparently it works really well. So it, it there's no second guessing or, or whatever. So I think, yeah, if one hand's not free, that's the perfect yeah. way to use it. Brian, what do you think of the event? Yeah, I mean, the well, the other thing that I guess is kind of related is that the phone's new video function, it has stereoscopic recording. So that's the same thing that the headset can do. So they reckon you're going to be able to record whatever on your phone and play it back through the headset in that stereoscopic 3D. Um, there's some other interesting video functions. Like, the, I mean, I don't, I don't know why there's this obsession with crazy high quality or trying to achieve crazy high quality on a phone that you still got that small sensor so things still look a bit funky but now we've got log recording and i think there's raw capability externally um you can shoot yeah some pretty crazy stuff i don't know if you saw that there was a video they they posted that was recorded all on iphone it was shot log raw it looked pretty good the only thing that i still feel you can tell is a little bit of sharpening and a little bit of i think it's the perspective of that apple lens it's just you kind of still tell it's a phone, mm-hmm. but everything's been ironed out. Like, so I haven't, I haven't seen that. I'll be interested to see that. Um, so th- it's just a video sample where? Yeah, like, they did like a, it's like an ad on, I can't remember exactly what it was for, but it was, um, 
I'll, I'll try and find it. I don't know if I'm going to do a thing right now. but I'll lift off some things and you tell me if this still exists in that footage that you saw. So I find a lot of the time with um, smartphone camera footage, it looks very digital, very sharp. Was that still present? It's been reduced because they now have log recording. So it's all flat right. straight out of camera. The similar way that most like these cameras that we shoot on can do log where it flattens everything out right. in camera right. and then you can put a LUT on it right. that brings it back to like a 709 colour space or... Well, I'm not so, so much talking about colours but like, you know, that digital sharpness, it's like... Yeah, well, it's reduced with that okay. too. Okay. So that helps. Um, it is still... It's still a phone. You can still tell it's a phone if you look close enough but I feel like it's improved at least generationally. Like I think wow. given another generation and where like... We can if we can record raw video internally, that'll probably jump again in quality. But um, it's it's better than what I've seen on any other phone. Yeah. Okay. What is what it seems like as well? What about the like the white balance flickering that you sometimes get, or the, those little frame stutters when you're panning and that kind of stuff? Is that? Well, I think there's a lot with with all the new Pro features now. I think again, I think it's it's better. Okay. I think you can lock a lot of it manually now. Right. So it's you just set you set how it is and then you can remotely operate it okay yeah definitely interested to see that because like i think yeah for some reason smartphone cameras or like any any small sensor it just has this look about it that's just i feel like you'd also i think if you watched it on a phone mm. like it would look better but i feel like if you throw it on a massive screen mm. then you would definitely see right yeah but like i guess the more they can get rid of those telltale signs the better because like we're not it's not that far away far away like you know if you're just going to use it for like a five second shot and the rest of it was dslr and you shot it just in the right way like it could get away with it but I feel like though because the, the sensor size especially in video like you the biggest thing for me at least is you notice the lack of depth of field and that's why they have you know in the portrait modes now where they add digital yes, yes blur yeah i feel like that's the biggest giveaway you could just tell especially if you're at their equivalent of 50 millimeters and it's looking at someone's head and the background's not that blurry. Yeah. It's the biggest sign. Yeah, but there are some shots where you can get it, um, but, it's, but it's very specialized. It's not like you can have someone 50 feet away and still get it in the background. Yeah, it's, but yeah, I don't know. All these, all these things will be uh, interesting to see how, how they change. But yeah, definitely keen to see that video. Um, when you... the, the price is also the same from, from last year, which I thought yeah. was, was, um, was an interesting, interesting indicator. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And they did make a big fuss about the titanium. Um, but I don't know, like, uh, was it worth, like, half the presentation? <laughs> it wasn't half the presentation, but you know what I mean? Like, well, you know when we'll be able to really have the perfect video phone is when we'll be able to take videos of UFOs that are flying in the sky and know that they're actually UFOs. How's that for a segue? Seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look, this is the end of the, the episode, really. <laughs> but we thought we'd just gotta quickly slot in a, a little bit of um, alien conversations that's been coming out of, of some, Mexico. Some people in the comments get angry when we talk about aliens, but we're gonna do it. And this time it's Mexico. Well, have you seen the, the footages? And yeah, like I saw it on Twitter. Like, um, someone just posted, What is going on in Mexico? And I was like, huh? And it was like, these like some kind of congress or government yeah. thing and like those military military guys showing scans and I, my first thought was why why are we doing this now yeah. like it just seems i don't know it just seems strange strange timing and what are they trying to say with the whole thing is it that we have proof of aliens and the thing is 
someone sent a meme which perfectly sums it up. Like underneath, they're like, um, "Oh, look, we, we have aliens definitely confirmed." And then there's the Duma, you know, drawing with the guy with the cigarette <laughs> and the beanie is like, oh, "I've got a lot of stuff going on right now." <laughs> it's just like no one cares because yeah. it's just like so much going on. But I don't know whether you believe it or not is is up to you. But I just think that I just think the whole thing is as a package is just very strange. I think that uh, with the USA um, coming out and all the, the UFO talk over the last, I don't know, six months or so um, has put some of that on the map. Uh, and then now Mexico coming out, I think it definitely feels a little bit strange. But um, if we were to just look at that that whole event as a, as a separate, as a standalone thing, do they look like aliens to you at all? Like, it just feels like whatever we had always thought they would look like, right? And yeah. it was what, like a mummified thing from 10 years ago or 100 years so. ago? What, what was it, Brayden, if you know? The the, the aliens, uh, what like the, the one from Mexico, were they from 10 or 100 years Maybe. ago? Uh, I can't remember now. I didn't actually watch the... That whole thing. I saw the photos leak of it. I thought it was hilarious. But so, so do we think it's well, like w- what is it? Like w- what is happening? Hmm. It's um, just such a weird. Well, maybe it's just a distraction from poor government policy with economics. within Mexico. Yeah, it, it, it's it's possible. Um, like maybe it's just the first step of many, and then just get people talking about that, and then I don't know. Where jack interest rates up fifty <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a weird one. I agree. Mm. Um, it, it looked funny to me. I don't think no, it convinced. I don't know who it convinced. If it convinced anyone, uh, and ultimately, uh, even my, my point is, even if there was definitive proof, I don't think people's gonna care. Yep, like the Duma meme. It's like, yeah, you got too I, much it's, stuff it's, going on there. Because unless there's literally, there's stuff affecting people on their day-to-day lives, like if there was an alien what, in the studio right now, <laughs> I, I don't think nobody cares. Like a little, I don't know, green orb just flying around from, uh, I don't know, from mic to mic giving its opinions. Maybe a fourth co-host, I, I would, would care then. Well, I don't know. I think I think what would make people care is if the aliens could give us something. Like if there was some <laughs> technology that they could give us that was like, wow, like, thanks guys. And, then everyone and like, even then I don't think people would be impressed. Like what technology could really impress people? Like infinite power. Like you have a little, like this thing, right? Yeah, but then- and it powers your home forever. Uh, then imagine like, you know, all the corporates like, you know, screw the aliens because you're taking away our companies <laughs> and jobs and livelihoods and whatnot. And it's like, yeah. Um, it's like this, a scientist- Lobbying like, against aliens and like, they're the evil ones. A, a scientist like discovers this from an alien ship and shows it to, to the government and then he's missing <laughs> the next day and this Flying cars, even then they'll be like, oh no, it's just too much. Too much what? Like too much- uh, Pollution and environmental issues, you can run into birds and whatnot. So yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't think anything will impress people anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But there's gotta be something. It's just we don't know what. That's, that's like, like what's the best outcome of us finding that okay, there are or there were aliens versus there are aliens. There were what? Because because I think there's the thing. There's, what do you, what the argument s- is like right now they're showing these mummified yes. corpses. Or, so it's like they used to exist, right? Yeah. So that's a whole different conversation of of what it means to be alone in the universe and the implications of it and whatnot and how we 
thought life was, right? So, and again, that has little impact on on day to day lives, but more like our cons- like our, our our concepts and philosophies of life in general, right? So again, for the people who don't care about it, life is normal as usual. And then there's the other side of it that okay, aliens exist today, and they're either around us or within the society or you know, around the living in the moon or whatever, that's a, a separate conversation altogether. So it feels like unless the second part of it happens, it's not going to make much of a difference. So the outcomes of them would be different. Well, maybe it's just going to be a matter of interest. So say aliens did exist like a long time ago and they've, they've gone extinct, etc. What could we find from their... I don't know, their DNA structure or... You know. Yeah, again, it's, it's like stuff that <clears throat> changes the way we think and what we knew about ourselves. But that, that could lead to more things. It's, it's, it's and not the fact... The thing that doesn't impact us on day-to-day level is the, the day-to-day person's not going to care. That's what I mean. Well, no, no. What, what I'm saying is like, yes, the aliens are discovered. We discover some DNA thing that tells us about life and yep. we create this uh, synthetic biological something that does something that can cure blah, 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 blah. Again... If if we can cure something that is impacting someone on day to day lives, oh, you're saying like, it has to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, otherwise, okay. nobody's going to. Oh right, care. I, I, yeah. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So the, the outcomes would be very, very different. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think unless a ship flies in, <laughs> exactly. blows up a building, just straight into yeah. the ground like yeah. the proper yeah, Hollywood it starts movie, threatening that's that. going to impress them, people. Yeah. Impress? People are like terrified. I don't know. Some people will still <laughs> be going around that taking TikToks, like <laughs> guaranteed. Michael <laughs> Babel writing up a script. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Arrival? Yes. My, one of my favorite. In fact, we talked about UFO films on the last time we spoke about UFO. Um, and I was saying, when was the last time we watched a good UFO film? And somebody said Arrival. I was like, yes. Is that right. the one with the circle hieroglyph thing? Or am I thinking of something else? Oh, that's, con- yeah, that's yeah, Contact. Yeah, is that, the, the, no, it's, no, yeah where I'm with um, Amy Adams and yeah. Jeremy Renner. Is, yeah. is that Arrival? Yeah, like where they where they like put it on the glass. Yes. They, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a very very good film. I watched that um, on the plane actually. Yeah, um, I need to watch it again for sure. Yeah, but like I think giant orbs just yeah. rock up in all of our cities and just chill there. I think then people will be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, but until then, and it's, it's, then, it's just, just drones, like a drone show. <laughs> it's like damn it. Anyway, um, before we get too off the rails, yes, I think we shall <laughs> shut this one down here. Thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon for the next time. Hopefully my nose is unblocked. (laughs)